Welcome to the Picture Book Look podcast. I'm Kim Chafee. And I'm Kirstie Call. Together, we'll share some of our favorite picture books and chat with their creators to explore the journey from story idea to bookshelf. We'd love you to join us as we take a picture book look. Hey, Kim. Hey, Kirstie. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that books don't grow on trees. No, not usually. (laughs) Although author Paul Sajak may disagree since he has two books about trees. Yeah, he certainly is a tree lover. Today, we'll be talking about his latest tree book, Trees Make Perfect Pets, which is illustrated by the phenomenal Kathy Gendron. This story centers around a little girl named Abigail who is determined to get the perfect pet. And so she picks Fido, (laughs) a tree. (laughs) This is such a fresh take on a pet story. And I really want to read a little so the listeners can hear just how adorable it is. Is that okay? Perfect. Okay. Abigail didn't care what other people thought of Fido. She didn't mind that Fido couldn't go where other pets could go. She didn't mind that Fido was only good at fetching kites and didn't like to give them back. She didn't mind that he sometimes had accidents. None of that mattered because Fido was her pet. Oh. So cute. (laughs) I love the puns, the jokes, and how much Abigail adores her tree. We're excited to chat with Paul and Kathy and take a look at their creative process. Let's talk. Paul, can you tell us where this uh, story sprouted from? Pun intended. <laughs> what was the inspiration for no, this no, book? It's a good pun. <laughs> so the story originally came from, I was sitting around the dinner table, and my daughter just mentioned, I forget exactly the conversation we were having, maybe what our favorite pets were. Or she said, I'm, I want a tree. <laughs> and the second she said it, I'm like, okay, you know, a little girl wants a tree, and it's obviously got to be a dogwood for the pun. And that's kind of where it started. It was just a conversation around the dinner table. I love it. I love how seed of a story just starts so simply. And then you just kind of let it generate in your head. That's usually how it happens. You know what I mean? It's usually just one line from somebody or something that I see or hear. And then it sticks with you and it doesn't go away. So, you know, that's something. That's a story. I love that. So, Kathy, what was it about this project that inspired you to choose to work on it? I loved it from the beginning. I really loved the story. And I really loved Abigail, that she was strong and spunky and knew what she wanted and wasn't going to be dissuaded. And also, I had been working for most of my career in the adult area, just adult books and adult uh, materials. And I decided I really wanted to do uh, children's books about maybe 10 years ago. So I spent a lot of time studying children, (laughs) drawing different kinds of approaches to make them come alive. And um, I spent a lot of work developing what I thought was a look for me. And then the first book that I got, it was great. I loved it, but it was about the Nutcracker and all of the characters in it were adults. And so, um, yeah, Yeah. so I liked it, but I didn't get to use what I had learned. So as soon as this book came along, I was just thrilled because it was exactly what I was looking for. 
Oh, well, I love that. That's <laughs> what every author wants to hear. <laughs> Your study showed. I never mentioned how her attitude really is. Like, you know, I didn't spell it out in the writing, but obviously she's whimsical and because she wants a treat for a pet. And you caught that. And like, that's something that you grasped on. And you can see it in the drawings, like just the simple things, like how she places her feet. Things like that. I'm just like, that's perfect. And her outfits. I just love the outfits so much. (laughs) The boots. The boots, the The, socks. The pajamas. Everything. (laughs) I, I love her style. I want her style, actually. I love to people watch. And um, so I'm just fascinated about, you know, people's behavior, what they do in public. And, and I get caught often. My husband will say, quit staring. And I just, <laughs> <laughs> so I file that all that information away. I think a lot of us do. A lot of illustrators do exactly that. You're not staring. You're just doing research. I love that. Okay, so Paul, can you give us a little bit more about the writing process for this story? I usually save all my first draft. I email them to myself. So they're always in the cloud somewhere. Um, And I looked at the first draft and it is so different from what (laughs) actually got published. It's in first person. Wow. Abigail goes, she doesn't ever really talk to her neighbors or go to a dog park or anything like that. She loses Fido and she sets up posters like a missing dog, but it's a missing dog would. Wow. Um, Oh, yeah. And eventually her parents get her a dog to try and take the place of her dogwood. And and eventually they find Fido in a dog park. And, you know, and her new (laughs) Of course. The tree was named Fido. And her dog was named Maple. How cute is that? friends with Fido. I visited Fido every day. It was so different. But I'll be honest with you. When I read it, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, there's something wrong with this story. And now... (laughs) Within a couple of days, in the next draft, I rewrote it. I put it in a third person and did the whole thing. And, and now I don't know what caused me to say this story is crap. <laughs> Excuse me. This is for children. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> what is not uh, good about this story, whether it was a critique or whether it was me just reading through and saying, yeah, this isn't working. But within like two days, I rewrote the whole thing and then went from there. Then it became tightening. Do I need this line? Can I find a better way how to say this? Maybe throw in a pun in a way to say this, you know, make the other characters come alive, that sort of thing. That's awesome that you can step away from your work enough to realize, how can I say this better? It always helps. I mean, let's be honest. The story is about 400 words, tops. So to take it from first first person to third person and rewrite it and see what it looks like takes what, you know, the idea is already there. So to change it doesn't take that long. Ideas come just from that, just from changing the perspective of the character. Yeah, absolutely. So Kathy, can you give us a look into your illustrative process? We adore your art. You just have this really beautiful, unique texture. And on your webpage, you talk about your process and how it includes applying thin glazes of oil over casing as an underpainting. Is that what gives your art the texture or? Yeah, so the texture comes from what artists call distressing the surface. 
So I paint a piece of board with gesso, which is a sealer and a painting surface that most painters use. And so I take a low number of sandpaper, so really rough grit, and I just scratch uh, onto the gesso. And then those recesses where the sandpaper has made a mark, the oil, when I put the layers on, it accumulates in those scratches. So uh, that's where you see the texture. It's from the very first layer of the painting. Wow. Wow. So I'm kind of unique these days because I still work traditionally. And I... That's very unique. (laughs) I teach and I can work digitally, but I prefer not to. And I get so much pleasure out of painting that I don't think I'll ever switch. But I love how Paul describes starting over because there's a parallel with illustrators because there is a point sometimes where you bring a painting to a certain place and you know in your heart that it's going in the wrong direction. And I have so many times tried to work it, make it better, change this, change that. And I've learned as I've gotten older that sometimes you just have to start all over. And it means a lot more time. For me, that's a lot of hours. I especially love the very last page where Abigail is hugging the tree and the light and the birds and the contented look on the cat's face. I mean, it's just such a beautiful ending to a beautiful book that's filled with humor and heart. That's the one line that didn't change from the very first draft to the end. Oh, wow. That's the heart of the story, right? Yeah, so tree is everyone's best friend. <laughs> because that's so critical. My images actually changed three or four times. So the ending, what you are looking at is not what my original sketch was. Oh, wow. What a collaboration. During the process, you're waiting and you're waiting to see an image. You know, as a writer, we're not a part of the illustration process. Finally, I think it was through Facebook. I'm just like, so (laughs) do you have anything? Can I, can I see something? (laughs) And you sent me a, it was literally a picture of a canvas of them in the nursery where she's first picking out the tree. And when I saw it, I was just like, she's hand painting all of these. <laughs> this That's is incredible. So <laughs> beautiful. You guys have made a beautiful, beautiful book. Paul, I'll ask you first, when someone reads Trees Make Perfect Pets, what do you hope they feel or learn? You know, as a kid, at least my daughter, she makes friends out of everything. And they see, if it's alive, it's conscious. (laughs) You know what I mean? So that bug, that tree, that flower, this is my friend. And so I wanted to tap into that feeling. So when a kid reads the story, they can relate to it. And they see that, you know, I can have a tree as a friend too. I have a tree as a friend. I climb it every day. I want that. And obviously I want people to go and plant a tree. I want want people to read this story, love a tree, go plant one. I love that. Yes, definitely. I love that there's an action item. I do too. (laughs) I love that part in the back. I think that's such a nice addition. It fits the story perfectly. Kathy, how about you? I don't have the daughter experience. My son is 30 and he played 
outside a lot, but he was a boy and he didn't have that many imaginary friends. But when I was a kid, I spent a lot of time just wandering and that doesn't happen very much anymore. We would be a gang of marauders in my neighborhood and we'd go hang out in the woods and trudge through the streams. And so I would love if this sparked some interest and some love for nature and for trees. A big thank you to Paul Sajak and Kathy Gendron for joining us today and giving us a look into their creative process for Trees Make Perfect Pets. Check out the show notes to learn more about Paul and Kathy and their other fabulous books. And remember, if you have a picture book that you love and you think that we might love it too, send us an email at picturebooklook2 at gmail.com. That's picturebooklook and the number two at gmail.com. Happy looking! looking.